Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI. I hope you enjoyed the first part of the show on dogs, and I hope that you aren't dog tired. <laughs> dog tired is muy cansado. <laughs> okay, bad joke, but I just taught you another dog expression. And remember, we looked at a couple right at the end of the first part. But we're going to look at some more at the end of the second part as well. But right now, I wanted to look at some more fun facts. And we'll start with the Paul McCartney pooch connection. What? The Paul McCartney pooch connection? Yeah, it really doesn't mean too much. I just made up the term. Lo acabo de inventar. But I think it's a good name for it. And what is the Paul McCartney pooch experiment or whatever I called it? Well, this was in an interview in 2013. Sir Paul McCartney, the one and only Beatle, Paul McCartney, said that he added a frequency that only dogs can hear to the end of the famous Beatles song, A Day in the Life. Now, I've heard that song a million times, and I have never heard it. Well, I guess that proves that I'm not a dog. <laughs> but I didn't know. I mean, I, I imagine that uh, the Beatles probably liked dogs, but I didn't know that they liked them so much that they were putting hidden messages in their music directed exclusively at dogs. Well, doggone it. <laughs> uh, doggone it is madre mia. It's, a, it's an exclamation. When we say something and we get upset, you could say, God damn it. But again, in that case, you're taking the Lord's name in vain. So some people say, doggone it. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, of, of cartoons. But I promise I'll try and curtail the dog jokes. And to curtail is to keep them to a minimum. <laughs> I'm trying, believe me. All right, well, what about the Titanic? Hey, we're, we're actually connecting to other FYI episodes here, aren't we? Because we have an episode on the Beatles, and we just had a Beatles connection. Well, there's also a Titanic connection. And that is that three dogs survived the Titanic. So wait a second here. Are you telling me Leonardo DiCaprio's character Jack didn't survive, but three dogs did? Oh, poor Jack. Well, let's take a look at the tale of these dogs. <laughs> now that one, I didn't mean it. I promise I didn't mean to make that joke. The tales, <laughs> bueno, tail es cola, como hemos visto antes, pero also tail, escrito T-A-L-E, Es cuento. All right, I said I would stop, but that one just came out. It was spur of the moment. Spur of the moment is sin haberlo pensado más. I think we looked at that one in the basketball episode, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the tale goes like this. These dogs that were in first class, by the way, so these were those rich dogs, you know, those dogs that eat caviar for lunch. 
and they were in first class and they included a Pomeranian puppy. That was a very famous kind of dog as well. And this Pomeranian puppy's owner wrapped this Pomeranian in a blanket. To wrap is envolver con W, to wrap in a blanket. And she escaped with this dog. Now, you're thinking, why did she do that? To keep the dog warm? Well, I guess that was one of her intentions. But the other one was, if everybody thought she was carrying a baby, well, then people would let her onto the lifeboats and they wouldn't question what she was holding in her arms. They thought it was a baby. They Nobody's going to question, hey, where are you going with that baby? So it was a brilliant idea. And, well, this Pomeranian survived because of it. There was also another Pomeranian and a Pekingese. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like these are rich people's breeds. You know, there are certain dogs that you see rich people have. I guess it's because they're very, very expensive. I remember in Miami, we passed a, a store that sold, are you ready for this? Puppies and diamonds. I'm not kidding, guys. Puppies and diamonds. And there were some puppies in that shop that cost about a $1,000. And so, again, remember we said there's a financial element there. Well, it's buying the dog, too. You might have to take out a, a mortgage or a second mortgage on your home to be able to afford one of these dogs. When the whole time, there's one that's just waiting for you for free in a shelter who's going to be very, very grateful. So, three powerful pups that survived the Titanic. I also wanted to talk a little bit about hounds, specifically bloodhounds. Do you guys know the word hound? I guarantee you do know this word. Think of the Elvis song. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Crying all the time. You ain't ever called a rabbit and you ain't no friend of mine. Well, you said you was high class. Sorry, I couldn't stop. <laughs> so a hound or a hound dog is sabueso or what you call Perro de caza. But also the word hound as a verb is acosar o perseguir. It kind of makes sense. That's what these dogs do. They chase their prey. So si alguien me hace preguntas mil veces, I'm like, stop hounding me with that question. To hound. A word you probably know, but you might not know what it meant. And maybe you didn't know that it's also a verb. Well, bloodhounds have a sense of smell that is so spot on, spot on is clavado, spot on, that it can be admitted as evidence in the court of law. So if a bloodhound says that that's your blood or that that's your drugs over there, guess what? That is admissible in the court of law, at least in the United States. So that's how accurate, accurate siendo preciso. The opposite is inaccurate. I always tell my students it's good to learn opposites. So if you learn the word, por ejemplo, ponerse algo, put on. Pues el inverso, quitar, porque luego lo tendrás que quitar, ¿no? Take it off. That's a, a good homework exercise for you guys. Look at some opposites. This way you can look at the yin and yang of English. Oh, and getting back to bloodhounds, 
they can follow tracks, right? A track is una pista. Uh, to track is rastrear. Great word to know. You probably recognize it from your tracking number, el número de rastreo. They can follow tracks that are over 300 hours old. Okay, well, let's let's think about it this way. Let's say you put on some cologne. Cologne es colonia. In English, we say perfume if it's more fruity and uh, usually worn by women. And cologne is usually worn by men. And it's, uh, it's more of a spicy smell in general. So let's say you put on some of your favorite cologne and 300 hours passes by. And you left the area. You went to your house. But you were in the office And a bloodhound goes by and says, Jose Maria was here. He was here, I don't know, maybe about 200 hours ago. Oh, my God. Talk about a detective dog. Oh, and we talked about the sniffer dogs before. Well, did you guys realize that a lot of times when you see these police units that have dogs, they have the letter K and the number 9 on the back of their jackets, right? K9. Claro, en español pierde la gracia, pero en inglés, canine, canine, canino. Claro, makes sense, doesn't it? So dogs, again, performing so many different tasks from security to being your best friend. Hey, that's an important task, too. Also, we said in the intro that dogs come in all shapes and sizes and we talked about the different breeds remember when we talk about humans we talk about the human race la raza but when we talk about dogs we say to breed and also the verb to breed is to procreate so uh, you are breeding dogs you are making them procreate and it's an irregular verb it's breed Bread, bread. De hecho, seguro que te suena cuando alguien te dice, ¿de dónde eres? And you say, I was born and bred in New York. Pues ese bread ahí no es pan. Aunque es un homófono, eso es eh, criado, ¿no? I think would be the translation in Spanish. So it's a really good word to know. It's a useful word. And I know throughout my life, I've seen every breed under the sun. I've seen dogs that don't even look like dogs, you know, from little chihuahuas that look like little rats, personally. <laughs> Sorry. That's, and then when they yap, 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 they get the worst, the most annoying bark in the world. Nothing against chihuahuas. I'm just, you know, talking about the different breeds that are out there. And then you got some dogs. Have you seen these that they look like horses? They're huge. Well, I figured we could take a look at the largest dog ever, and why not the smallest dog ever? And this is according to the Guinness Book of World Records, and I think that's a pretty trustworthy source. Well, a Mastiff, Mastiff is another breed of dog, named Zorba, is the world's overall largest dog ever. Now, let me tell you the dimensions of our friend Zorba. Zorba weighed 155 kilograms. She measured over 2.4 meters from nose to tail. And this dog has been described as being about the size of a small donkey. Si, me has oído bien. Un burrito. 
whoa didn't i tell you before i've seen dogs that i'm like this thing is a little bit bigger and you can ride it like a horse oh my god well let's see what the smallest dog in the world is the other side of the coin as i just said it's always good to look at opposites again according to the guinness book of world records the smallest dog ever recorded was a dog named Miracle Millie. And as you can probably imagine, she was a chihuahua. That's right. Born in the year 2011, Millie was a minuscule 9.6 centimeters tall. I put everything in centimeters so it would be easier for you guys. So just under 10 or about 9.5 centimeters tall. And how much did little Miracle Millie weigh? 0.45 kilograms. O sea, ni medio kilo. Oh my God. Yo quiero Taco Bell. What? Well, Alberto, what does that mean? Well, I'm about to explain it. Every time I think of chihuahuas, and most Americans, when we think of chihuahuas, we think of the catchphrase, Yo quiero Taco Bell. And why? Because there was a famous dog named Gidget. That's the name of the dog, the real dog. And we knew the dog as the Taco Bell Chihuahua. And it was a Chihuahua that was used in their advertising campaign. This was from 1994 to 2009. So the dog lived from 1994 to 2009. The dog was in the campaign from 1997 to 2000 so about three years but i remember these commercials oh my god what a huge success and it was during the burger wars lo que llamaban the burger wars uh, you know uh, mcdonald's versus burger king by the way we have an episode on fast food if you haven't heard it and Taco Bell, you know, this chain, they wanted to get in on the action. They wanted a piece of the pie, too. So they decided to get cutthroat. To get cutthroat is muy competitivos, despiadados, and say, we're going to have the cutest ad campaign ever. And the catchiest. Y el más pegadizo. And they did. And they created the Taco Bell Chihuahua. And this dog was on t-shirts. I mean, I remember people walking around school saying, yo quiero Taco Bell. And, you know, repeating all of the phrases that this dog said. I'll share it with you guys on Patreon so you can take a look at some of these really funny ads. Now, as you can imagine, people are trying to cancel it now. <laughs> People are offended because well, the Chihuahua has a Mexican accent and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought, you know, we were allowed. I, I, this is weird for me, guys. The thing that we're not allowed to do accents anymore. Why? I spent my whole life imitating my dad and everybody. And it wasn't racism and it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it's, I'm not a xenophobe or, or anything like that. It's quite the contrary. I like the way people sound and I like to try and imitate them. But now, the Taco Bell Chihuahua Gidget is going to be canceled. <laughs>
incredible. I, I always say my my philosophy with this cancel culture, que le llaman, I go, you can start canceling everybody until there's nobody left to cancel, and then you got to cancel yourself. <laughs> so uh, check it out, the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Yo quiero Taco Bell. That was the, the catchphrase. Uh, all right, I also told you I was going to tell you about my dogs. As you can tell, I have a love affair with dogs. I've always loved dogs. Ah, wait, 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 wait. I shouldn't say that. I haven't always loved dogs. When I was a kid... I was afraid of dogs, not my dogs, but I was afraid of other dogs. And I remember one day our school, we went on a school trip and it was to um, a dog. It was a shelter, an animal shelter, and there were dogs. And I remember being petrified. But also, guys, I was like three years old. So just think like even like a, a bulldog can knock you over. Te puede derrumbar. So I had a, a brief period when I was young and smaller uh, where I was really afraid of dogs. I was petrified, you could say, of dogs. And little by little, I got over that fear. I mean, they say it's it's not healthy to, you know, to be paralyzed by fear. And it's always a good idea, if you can, uh, to try and get over that fear. La palabra get over siendo superar. So I've gotten over my my fear of dogs, and, and it's turned into a love of dogs. And my first dogs uh, were Gitano and Lobo. I know what you're thinking. What? Gitano and Lobo? Yeah, in the United States. It was funny because my friends would come over and say, what's your dog's name? I'm like, Gitano. Now, I didn't know as a child that the word Gitano meant gypsy. And my dad called this dog Gitano and no offense to gypsies at all. This is my dad, something he did in 1970. I can't change it now. I'm just telling the story so nobody gets offended. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Because um, now he couldn't do that. He wouldn't do, no, 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 le puedo llamar eso al perro. No, 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 no. But the dog was, uh, he was a stray dog. Stray is uh, des, desaviado, you say, destraviado, extraviado, stray, callejero, right? A stray dog. And my dad took him in, and the dog was just a mutt, as we say. A mutt is uno con muchas razas, no? Una mezcla. And in the end, we laugh at mutts. We're like, oh, that dog's a mutt. <laughs> Well, they say that mutts, their immune systems are, are a lot stronger than these purebred dogs. They, they tend to have a lot more problems. So that's, that's something that they've said. A lot of times you think just because a dog is like bred and, and everything, all the details are taken care of. Well, maybe the dog, what the dog is missing is, you know, germs and being exposed to all kinds of things like other dogs. So uh, that's, a, that's one, something that's uh, often misunderstood. A lot of people think because a dog is a stray or because it's a mutt, it's not that strong. Usually they're stronger because they grew up on the street. <laughs> Como un rapero, no? I grew up on the street. Bueno, pensando en rapero, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dog. Just to give you an idea of how much dogs have infiltrated our world, even our our pop culture. And as you can imagine, Lobo looked like a wolf. He was a husky and he looked like a wolf. Then they passed away. As we know, dogs, they, they're on different years than humans, as we call them, dog years. Uh, so then we got Miko and Bianca. 
And Miko and Bianca were these puppies that were up for adoption. The mother had a litter, una manada, and so we adopted Miko and Bianca. Now, these dogs are Shih Tzus, and they were great. It was perfect because I lived in a small apartment, and these dogs are small, and they don't need to run as much as, you know, a Jack Russell Terrier, for example. And I highly recommend Shih Tzus. I think they have the most wonderful personality you could ever ask for in a dog. And that's important, too, because, you know, every dog's a little bit different. Poodles, caniches, you know, Dalmatians have a certain temperament. So you got to know what you're getting into as well. What, what, kind, what kind of personality does this dog have? So Shih Tzus, I highly recommend. And what happened? Miko and Bianca also passed. It's crazy because when these dogs pass, it's like a member of the family has left us. And these dogs um, are buried by our home. They have, my father has a shrine, un altar, to his friend Mika and his friend Miko. They're not related, but, well, their names are. Uh, and yes, it's from the ice cream. El nombre, el Miko, helados Miko, viene de ahí. Y Mika, ya es, pues, la versión femenina. And Mika just passed away recently. In fact, we're going to dedicate this episode to my dad's pooch, Mika, who is just one of the sweetest, most loving, not animals, creatures on this planet. God, uh, rest in peace, Mika. And now, as you guys know, here in Spain, uh, those are my childhood dogs, but here in Spain, I've got Simon, and then my mother-in-law has Lola. Let me see if I can get them all. I mean, she's literally got a zoo going over there. So we've got Lola, we've got Farru, which is Farruquita, and she has got an appropriate name. You can trust me there. And then you had Lolo. Lolo passed away. It's hard to keep track, guys. I'm trying to say all of them. Lola, Farru, Coque, uh, who's a wonderful dog, another dog that was abused. And my mother-in-law took him in to take in this acoger. And now He's my daughter's favorite. Coque is my daughter's favorite. He's Some dogs are really good with children, and Coque is one of those. Coque is a mix between a boxer and a pug, a bit of a mix. And he's a strong dog. He's probably the strongest one. So I am surrounded by dogs. My daughter loves dogs. She rolls around on the floor with them. Dogs have always been, and I think always will be, a part of my life and not just my life because right now we're going to look at dogs that are a part of everybody's lives famous dogs and the first one that comes to mind is scooby dooby doo where are you we've got some work to do now scooby-doo now we can't learn too much from scooby well of course we can we can learn that it was always kids and they were always wearing masks <laughs> No, but I mean from his name. Uh, but his his little nephew, Scrappy, o, o es su tío, o es su sobrino, no me acuerdo, pero el pequeño, Scrappy, well, scraps son restos. Dogs love scraps. Pero también to scrap es pelearse. And if you remember, Scrappy was a feisty little dog who always liked to scrap. See, that's an easy one to remember. Uh, also, Goofy, Pluto. How could we forget about Goofy? And Goofy is Tontorón, right? Goofy. And Pluto is the planet Pluton. 
Now, those are some classic ones, but don't forget, we've also got a more recent one, the Paw Patrol. And the word paw is a good word to know as well, because, well, humans, we have hands and feet, but animals have paws. And we can learn from their names as well. Marshall es el jefe de bomberos, a fire marshal, y se llama este personaje Marshall. Hay otro que se llama Chase, que es persecución o perseguir. There's another one that wears a hard hat, un casco, and his name is Rubble, Escombros. So just by watching the Paw Patrol and knowing their name, we can learn tons of vocabulary. And a couple more we'll throw in there, of course. Lassie, Snoopy. How could we talk about dogs without talking about Snoopy? And to snoop is fisgonear. And I also wanted to look at some real dogs. Uh, this dog named Hachiko. Hachiko was a Japanese Akita dog, which was remembered for his loyalty, his remarkable loyalty to his owner. Now, he continued to wait for his owner for over nine years. The only problem was his owner was dead. So he was so loyal And he kept hoping that his owner would come back, that he kept going to the same spot for nine years, saying, is he here? Is he here? Is he coming? That is loyalty that you will never see from another human being. Nine years of hope. And in 1934, in April, a bronze statue based on the likeness of this dog was erected at the Shibuya station in Tokyo, and I was lucky enough to go over there and take a picture in front of this famous dog and, well, this famous statue depicting this dog because that was their meeting spot. So that was the, the spot that the dog went to every day. And the name of the subway entrance, La, La Boca, is the Hachiko entrance because Shibuya Station has five exits, right? Exits or entrances. And Hachiko has his own. What a beautiful story. And wrapping up, we'll take a look at some very common English idioms that use dogs or dog-related things. Uh, one that I usually use and I hate to use, but we all have to use it from time to time, is to be sick as a dog. Now, esto es, estoy más enfermo que un perro. I'm as sick as a dog. Estoy muy enfermo. We also looked at to work like a dog. Do you recognize that one too from a song? It's been a hard day's night. And I've been working like a dog, trabajando a tope. So, si estamos enfermo, es que estamos muy enfermo. Si estamos trabajando, es que estamos trabajando a tope. Now, one place you don't want to be is in the doghouse. ¿Y qué es esto? Okay, let's say you said something rude to your wife or your spouse, tu cónyuge. And they said, oh yeah, pues ahora estoy enfadado. Y en español esto se dice, estás relegado al sofá, I believe. Well, we say you're in the doghouse. Te mandan a la casa del perro. O sea, estás castigado. <laughs> And hopefully, your spouse will let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> Toma, esta expresión significa que eh, no guardará rencor. To let sleeping dogs lie means to let a problem disappear. 
after time. You know, when time goes by, let that problem, let that grudge, because uh, as we said, a grudge is to hold a grudge, diria, is to guardar rencor. So to let sleeping dogs lie is to not hold a grudge. Also in the United States, if you're in a restaurant, you might hear the waiter ask you if you want a doggy bag. Ah, si quiero un bolso de, de un perrito, like Snoopy. No. A doggy bag is un tupper para llevar tu, tu comida a casa. Because remember, in the United States, the portions are huge. So it's very common for people to bring home a doggy bag. So you can say, can we get a doggy bag? Y eso evidentemente es para ti. Pero bueno, se, se ha quedado eso de doggy bag. Another one I love is you're barking up the wrong tree. And this is interesting because bark es corteza en el árbol, but also to bark es ladrar. So en este caso es ladrar. You're barking up the wrong tree is lo estás tomando con la persona equivocada. Yo no te puedo ayudar. Yo no tengo nada que ver. So somebody says, I'm really upset about this. And, well, you're barking up the wrong tree. I, I can't do anything about that. Another one that we use also in a, a work atmosphere is someone's bark is worse than their bite. So you say perro ladrador poco mordedor, I believe. Oh, John, don't worry about him. His bark is worse than his bite. Well, folks, I am dog tired. <laughs> All right, bad joke. Estoy cansadísimo. Well, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Es un mundo muy competitivo. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So throw me a bone. Échame un cable. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm done with the jokes and I'm done with the dog expressions. But I hope you learned a lot from this episode. And maybe I inspired you to get a pet or a dog. Who knows? One good thing that I can tell you and, and something that could possibly save my life, being somebody who suffers from hypertension, Human blood pressure goes down when you pet a dog. So that doesn't even mean you have to own a dog. Go see your friends with dogs, your friends who are dog owners, and go pet their dogs. The dog will be happy, your friends will be happy, and your blood pressure will go down as well. It's a win-win. And I think that's the dog's bollocks. <laughs> I know, I know I said I was going to stop, but I can't help it. No lo puedo evitar. The dog's bollocks means la leche, la bomba. Uh, speaking of, I hope you thought this episode was the dog's bollocks. I'll see you on the next episode of FYI.